0: by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Yeah. So great. Realize in the Tata gata's true meaning even when no one can hear you. To me, it's like so much about our attitude about everything. The practice is just meeting things as they are, not how we wish them to be. So I always find our,
1: you know, great effort to connect this wonder
0: without our preferences, but really trying to find a common ground where we can see and hear each other is an amazing thing,
1: a rare thing.
0: So easy to be doing this practice for a very long time and still just be kind of camped out in our preferences, how we want it to be, how we want people to respond, how we want to fill in the blank. And yet there's this other possibility of just showing up to how things are and noticing how we create Separation and division inside and out. In the wars and invasions of this world, this world of coronavirus, world of mass shootings,
1: world of the planet itself changing. very easy, I find, to get into one-sided thinking.
0: And to me, one of the reasons I love this practice so much is that it's always pointing to that this is, first of all, not new. The Buddha himself lived in a time when there was a great pandemic. His entire family was wiped
1: out through violence.
0: So many times we think "Oh, these days are like this, but actually it seems like this is the human experience of invasion, of incredible, seemingly senseless violence. Endemics. So in many ways, for me, the medicine of this time, of these teachings of like, really, what does it mean to actually think and speak and act from that middle place, from that space of equanimity? When we're afraid, when we're angry, Whatever it is, how do we find that balance? How do we actually become that fulcrum that allows ourselves to turn even when we feel cornered?
1: Creating enemies is no hard to do.
0: So we are making our way through our lineage, our lineage here. We're at the
1: twenty-eighth ancestor in the koan about Bodhidharma. The koan is the one's the twenty-seventh
0: ancestor, as you may recall one of the first women in our lineage, Prajnatara. She asked, what among all things is formless? Bodhidharma said, non arising
1: is formless.
0: Prajnatara said, what amongst all things is the greatest? And Bodhidharma said,
1: true nature of all things is the greatest that's the end of the coin right Sean got it
0: it's this beautiful dialogue and it's also well talk about it more, but it comes from a, a very specific time when actually Bodhidharma was a child. In Prajnatara, she was looking and being appreciated by the king of Koshi, who was Bodhidharma's father. And this king's respect for the teachings was often described as not ordinary. But to me, in a way, I was thinking about just that phrase that shows up in several different texts that his appreciation for the teachings was not ordinary.
1: And what do we allow to be not ordinary? To realize
0: the kind of extraordinariness of these teachings, how radical they are. In one of Prajnatara's visits to him when she came to see him, he gave Prashantara a precious jewel, a big giant jewel as a gift Usually, you know, monks and nuns at that time would go around and begging, which is they, they still do.
1: Usually food goes in that bowl. Be hard to eat a big jewel, perhaps.
0: And the king had three sons, and the youngest, whose name at that time was Bodhitara. And Prajnatara took the jewel, she received the jewel, so she was offered it.
1: And she thought, well, I could at least use
0: it for something she wasn't so interested in its value in itself. And she wanted to test the wisdom of his children. So interesting to think about. To me, that's another form of the extraordinary of the teachings. Like to get something that, ooh, fancy car or watch or whatever that is. Like, wait, how can I use this
1: to actually wake people up? And so she held the jewel and said, "Does anything compare with this jewel?"
0: The first of the sons, the oldest, and thought to be very wise, said, "This jewel is the most precious of seven
1: countries." Unbelievable.
0: No one without the Venerable Prajnatara's power of the way could actually receive it. Like it's such a
1: big deal that only you could receive it. And the other son echoed the same. And Prajatar wasn't particularly impressed. But itara said, this is just a worldly treasure and does not qualify as the best.
0: I consider the treasure of the Dharma to be the best of the treasures. The light of this jewel is just a
1: worldly light and still does not qualify as the best in any nation. I consider the light of wisdom to be the best of lights.
0: This is the worldly brightness and still does not qualify as the best I consider the brightness of mine to be the best of all brightnesses. The bright light of this jewel cannot illuminate
1: itself, but needs the light of wisdom in order for it to be discerned. Once you thoroughly discern it, you know it is a jewel. Then you clarify the fact that it's precious. When you clarify the fact that it is precious, it's preciousness is not itself precious. For then you understand
0: that this jewel is not a jewel. The jewel not being a jewel is because it is necessary to use the jewel of wisdom.
1: And he goes on. But to me, it's so amazing to really look at this young person, so clear. To me, it's very humbling to look at all the things that we attach to. (laughs) This way or that way, what
0: is most important, what is not important. And how much of that is often just related to our opinion or our fear or
1: grasping. After this conversation
0: between Bodhidharma, Bodhitara at that time, and Prajnatara, she felt
1: that his mind was quite interesting. But it was not the right
0: time because he needed to mature. with the conditions of the world, that it was not enough to actually have an insight, but she felt that it was really important for him to be out in the world and experience the world. Where, at least in my experience, that the teachings like really hit the road. It's very easy to have a kind of intellectual understanding of the teachings. But how do you actually see how they're alive in your relationships in these human times of war and climate change, mass shootings, and invasion? these times that are just human times of sickness, illness, aging,
1: and dying? How do we use all of those things to actually be a mirror, to illuminate from within what actually matters?
0: Some years later, of course, we don't know how many, Bodhitara's father died. And people were in deep grief because he was very beloved. And Bodhitara, in his grief, decided to enter Samadhi in front of his father's body for seven days. So using that time to actually
1: really find truth. And after that time, on
0: the seventh day, it became clear that he wanted to become a monk. And he asked Prajnatara, he found her.
1: And Prajnatara knew that the time had come for him to
0: receive the precepts. And afterwards, after their conversation, Bodhitara just did Zazen for seven more days, just to keep clarifying.
1: And Prajnatara instructed him in the wonderful practice of Zazen. no preference.
0: She said to him, you've now acquired everything there is to know about all things, which is just the beginning of practice.
1: Dharma means the greatness of comprehension. And so we should change your name from Bodhitara to Bodhidhamma. So that very kind of
0: beautiful
1: shift, learning to actually take on a new orientation. Not because we want it, but because it's just what's happening.
0: And so, to me, it's such a wonderful and juicy thing to think about how we're approaching our own practice and the practice itself. And where are we kind of tying ourselves to what we want? as opposed to receiving the
1: truth. To me, it takes constant humbling, at least for me.
0: After he ordained, he asked Prajnatara, you know, what should I do for the Buddhist work? What do you recommend? And Prajnatara said, though you have received the Dharma, you should stay a while in southern India and wait until 67 years after my death. And then go to China.
1: And just being in contact with those who have great capacity. 67 years after my death. Bodhidharma said, okay. And this is always like to me, such a fascinating, different orientation.
0: practice Where so much of it we come and you know I was talking to someone the other day I was, a friend who very interesting thinker and he was talking about how most of us are coming to the practice to kind of feel good and to you know lower our blood pressure and have a sense of community and isn't that great and but actually, most of the things that are of true value in the practice are actually what happened between Prajnatara and Bodhidharma. But just like really receiving and not leading with our preferences. Not leading
1: with what we want. So Humble.
0: Later, Bodhidharma said, "You know, will there be able to become great vessels of the Dharma in China?" And Prajnatara said. Those who will acquire awakening in that land are beyond count. Tons.
1: There will always be difficulties, she said. But
0: you will be able to handle with the practice. So for me, there is just this crucial that if we really give ourselves to the practice, the human experience of illness, human experience of aging, human experience of our own dying and the dying of the world and the dying those beautiful children
1: have a home.
0: Kezan Zenji, who compiled this group of koans, ends each one with a little poem and a one to close. And almost the same with each time. He says, again, I have some humble words. Would you like to hear them? He says, there is no distinction or location, no edge, and no outside. Imagine practicing with your whole heart and mind that there is no distinction or location, no edge or outside. So this is Kazan's edges, expression of Bodhidharma's practice. No distinction or location. It's not the point no edge, and no upside.